This is Stephanie Smart, and you are listening to Hobo Radio, the best podcast you could ever potentially listen to. And now, your host, miniature dog enthusiast, Joel Murphy. Hello again. I'm Joel Murphy. This is Hobo Radio. And today, I have an interview with Jamie Tran, uh, season 18 contestant on Top Chef. And if you listen to the show regularly, if you know me, you know that I'm a big fan of Top Chef. I love this show. I watch it every year. Very excited to get a chance to talk to one of the contestants. And it was a really interesting chat. Obviously, this is sort of an unorthodox year for the show, for all of us, for restaurants, uh, so it was interesting to talk to someone and get their perspective on what it's been like to run a restaurant during a pandemic and how that led to her competing on Top Chef. Uh, it's a really great conversation. She was very nice to talk to. Uh, and I think you're going to enjoy it, especially if you like the show. So without further ado, here is my interview with Jamie Tran. But yeah, thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, well, so I was curious. Um, I saw, I was like looking at your bio and it said that your uh, cooking journey began when you were four, that you uh, said you made your first dish uh, on a milk crate cooking uh, fried rice with your mother. So I was just curious about that. Like, you're, was this always something uh, that you saw yourself doing? Like, did you always want to be a chef or... No, actually, no, I didn't see myself as a chef at all. Uh, I only wanted to cook because I saw my mom cooking and like I was interested in everything my mom did. So I started cooking not because I love cooking. I started cooking because I love my mom and I want to do whatever she did. Oh, okay. So when did it kind of change for you? Um, I just knew throughout I helped my mom cook and then I started helping my dad cook and I just, my dad is a chef and I didn't want to be like my dad. So I was like very like rebellious. Um, so I didn't want to be like him at all. So (laughs) I was like, no, thank you. But I did enjoy cooking uh, for my friends and family. Always had that uh, interest just for like personal, like, you know, not anything professional. Uh, later on, I'm not sure. Uh, a lot of my friends, a lot of my family members uh, were like, you know, I was trying to be like, I got into kink technology, trying to be a physical therapist. I got into, I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. I wanted to get into sports medicine. I wanted to be an optometrist. I wanted to be a CPA. wanted to do everything but a chef. But uh, my brother told me, my sister said, just face it. You're just like dad. You're going to be a chef. So I switched my major and I just realized, you know, I'm just going to not fight it no more. And uh, I got my business management degree and then decided to move up to Vegas and just pursue becoming a chef. I gave myself 10 years to open a restaurant. I did it in seven and um, continues till now, till now. When did it start feeling like, was it once you made that decision, you just kind of like it clicked in or when did it feel like this is what you wanted to be doing? 
Uh, once I realized I just cannot uh, laugh, uh, it just, right when I decided that's going to be my journey in life, it just clicked right away and I went heads down and I never stopped since then. And what was it like opening your own restaurant? Um, stressful, but it felt great because I didn't want to like work for like, you know, the man anymore. And I didn't want to like follow, <laughs> uh, just, you know, the corporate stuff. And I didn't like doing corporate things anymore. And just, uh, I got kind of bored and I want to be more creative. So I decided to, you know, I'm young. Why not just take that risk? I fall on my ass. I can pick myself up again. So took all my savings and invested in a restaurant and it's been quite the ride now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I was curious too, obviously, um, you know, with everything this past year, just with COVID and everything, like what is, what was that like for you uh, running a restaurant? You know, how did that impact everything? It was, it was very difficult. Um, honestly, uh, during that time, we did have a partner split like back in October before in 2019. So I was getting my strive back and just like, you know, just uh, uh, putting the culture the way I want the culture to be in my restaurant and I always set forth like help me my other partner I have another partner named John uh, me and him like you know always have the same vision about how we want to treat people and our culture and how we want to do that so I was on my way to like you know being happy and doing the whole thing and then uh then COVID hit and then it kind of hit me like in the gut pretty hard I kind of took it took me a step back I kind of got quiet took me a minute to like just comprehend everything um that was back in march of 2020 um talked to the staff it, it kind of hit us hard because we're a very like tight-knit crew like family so it was just like kind of hit hard because i honestly didn't want i didn't know what, what the future was when that happened um didn't know i didn't want my staff to like you know go hungry or starve so it was quite a quite a journey um just wanted to make sure my staff, uh, as much as I could, like get them making that, like making sure they have an income to like provide for the family, not get kicked out of their house. Uh, food wise, too, I like even took food out of my own home and gave it to my um my staff. Uh, some of my staff members, uh, they lost their job and they were working on the strip as well, so it was a big impact for them. So it whatever impacts my staff impacts me as well. So um, it was it was hard. And what was, I'm not particularly uh, sure with Vegas, like how it worked, like were, were you guys doing curbside pickup for a while or were, were you able to remain we, open or? We did. We did like curbside pickup. I just did that so I can uh, get some of my employees on payroll and uh, other uh, staff members. I asked if they can please go on unemployment. I didn't know how that was going to impact me as a business, but I didn't really care. I wanted them to get unemployment and then whoever couldn't get unemployment, I staffed them. And uh, even though we weren't making money, like, you know, it wasn't paying it, you know, we're not even breaking even. And I just use that money to just try to keep my uh, some of my few staff members um, employed and having the, making sure that they're getting money because they couldn't get unemployment. And are you guys, is it back open now uh, to some like close to capacity or where is it at now? We're at 50% capacity right now with still some restrictions. We're going to go up to 80% in, I think, believe May 1st uh, with three feet. Um, so, so like more like uh, lenient uh, restrictions. So um, that's great. Uh, we definitely survived it, to tell you the truth. So I'm not like, um, uh, we were fortunate enough to be able to, because uh, we're a smaller business. So we were able to just, uh, with the help of my team members and my partner, we just definitely kept it lean and kept it going. And uh, we actually 
we're fortunate enough to see like um see that we're not going to be shut down. That's great. No, that's really great yeah. to hear. Uh, all right. So, so Top Chef, where, how does this come in? What, what made you decide to, to apply for Top Chef? Uh, COVID happened. So <laughs> <laughs> if COVID didn't happen, I wouldn't, done, I would have done Top Chef because I'm not, um, I don't do well in competitions, to tell you the truth. Like it gives me bad anxiety. So uh, I have performance anxiety. So they reached out to me during COVID and I talked to my sous chef and one of my close friends and they're like, do the show. Like this is the opportunity and like, we're not at full capacity. So if I leave, it won't like, you know, um, it won't be as like we were like if we were at full capacity, because if we were at full capacity, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have left for the show at all. And had, um, you, had you watched the show? Like, were you a fan of the show before? I was, I was a big fan when I was younger. I used to watch Top Chef from season one. I forgot when I stopped watching, but I did stop watching for a minute just because once I started cooking, I didn't have time to watch TV. So I was a big fan of Top Chef beforehand. I can understand running a restaurant, not wanting to go home and watch Top Chef. Like for me, it's a comfort <laughs> no. show, but I understand yeah, the it's difference. Cooking. You don't want to watch cooking. I watch Office. Yeah, exactly. Office <laughs> um, is a lot more <laughs> appealing to me after work. Um, well, yeah. So you mentioned anxiety. And I know you mentioned that in the show as well. Um, like, so how was it for you? Like, how did you try to manage that? Or, or what was it like once you got to the show? Uh, it was difficult. Um, there's moments where I'm like, obviously, I start I when I have anxiety, I either talk gibberish or I just bah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I go into nonsense or I like shake a lot. Um, I have like uh, a little bit of heart, uh, like uh, like irregular heartbeats and stuff. Like, um, so I just managed it. I had a lot of uh, my uh, like uh, the. I guess my friends, I call them friends now. I don't know. I don't call them castmates. I call them friends. My friends helped me through it. Like Kiki, uh, Don, like uh, Nelson, like I have people like that, like helped me out like big time. Even producers uh, behind the scenes were helping me through some, sometimes I get little shakes and stuff. And then um, just as part from the whole Bravo team itself, like some of the crew members that were in touch with us, like that could be able to be around us. They like helped me through it as well. But definitely uh, some of my friends definitely pushed me through and helped me. No, that's good. That's one of the things that I really like about Top Chef because I'm not big into reality competitions in general, but I, yeah. it always feels nice. Like it feels like everybody uh, it's obviously a competition, but it feels like everybody does try to like take care of everyone else. And usually like, you know, people are willing to help each other out, like finishing up dishes and stuff. So like that's yeah. I'm glad to hear that, that like that was your experience. I think this season, it was definitely different. It wasn't we weren't really competitive towards each other. Um, we all discussed it a lot and we did discuss like early on like you know a lot of things are going on the world's ending um pandemics happening the like the fires um the black lives matter the riots um we just wanted to like instead of like you know trying to go against each other we were just we wanted to work together as a team even though it is competition, we just wanted to show that there's more unity out there. And um, again, like when you we cook as chefs, we, we cook because we want to connect with people. So this is one way that we wanted to connect with people and say, like, you know, it's not all bad out there. Did the was the show a distraction for you? Like, did it help to filter out or was it still kind of everything <laughs> like you, you were you able to put everything else aside or? 
it was kind of hard at times you do think about it but then uh sometimes when you're on the show obviously you think about the show and you're in the competition but then also uh, when you uh, do have sometimes you do think about it sometimes because it's right out there like the protesting is right out our window um fires we can't like be, be like you know it's in the hotel it's everywhere we're at it was very thick um uh, also like just in general like thinking about your like like uh, half of us own our own restaurant. So we were concerned about our restaurant and people were executive chefs. Others were executive chefs and they're worried about their restaurant and just the survival of that still like, um, I'm just, I was just honestly fortunate enough to have a supportive team and like a supportive uh, a partner and the community like Vegas itself. Like my, I'm very fortunate that Vegas has been very supportive of our, our restaurant and our neighborhood restaurant. So um, definitely couldn't have done without the Las Vegas as well. Like this part from our, our locals. Were you able to check in with your restaurant while you were on the show or are you not really able I'm to do that? It was hard. Um, there's a, I, we had uh, like, um, yeah, it was hard. Like it was a few times I can check in, but um, honestly, it, we did not have time to check in like as much as we wanted to. I think I checked in with my restaurant four to five times since I was there. And, and it was like five minutes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is not really enough time to. No. to <laughs> in five minutes, they're not going to tell you if things aren't going. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't tell the bill collector. Like, Hold on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't shut it down. <laughs> uh, well, you kind of talked about like all the reasons that you did it and, and the, your anxiety and everything. But uh, once you started doing the show, how did you feel about it? Obviously, you had some success. Like you you won a quick fire so far and you, you've been in the, the top, you know, in competition. So, so how was it once you actually started competing? I don't know. I have like an up and down moment. Like that show is up and down. I always say you're playing Russian roulette. You never know. <laughs> you never know when you get the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is, yeah. I mean, that's, that is the thing, right? It's like every challenge it's, it starts over. It really is a show that they're judging the food. So it's, yeah, you could be in the top one week and then have a bad week and that could be it. Yeah. So I'm like, sure. Yeah. It could be like, you can be top the whole time and all of a sudden, boom, you're, you're done because you made a mistake or like for me, it was more connecting with, uh, connecting with the any challenges or competition like if I didn't feel connection to, towards it I would just cook but if I felt more connection for some reason I do a lot better <laughs> again it's all about connection for me I will say I want to I want to try your quick fire dish that you made the um the polenta with the the uh Cajun <laughs> shrimp like sounded really the shrimp and grits sounded amazing so I didn't even want to, why didn't you, the hell didn't you pick dim sum? You just see me like, uh, but then I was like, why didn't I do dim sum? Me and Sarah looked at each other, we're idiots. And then, so the next one, we just hit the buzzard and she said, uh, Padma said, uh, shrimp and grits. And I was like, what? Why did I pick that? <laughs> so it wasn't even, you weren't even aware. You just kind of hit the. No, I just hit it. Cause I did, I, I knew like the. Uh, the more you wait, the worse it will be. So oh, I yeah. just hit it. And then I was like, they didn't show it, but I dumped the whole bag of grit in the pot and I was like who the hell am I cooking for an army what the hell <laughs> so I dumped half of it and then like we were just running around like it was just really funny like me and Sarah talked about that day it was pretty funny <laughs> what what is it like now that the episodes are airing to do you watch the episodes that you're in or like how is it I, 
I watch them. It's in, like I don't like watching myself because I, I sound like uh never watch Will and Grace. I sound like Karen, <laughs> the high pitchy voice. Like, hey guys. <laughs> I'm like, why do I sound like that? <laughs> that? That's the hardest thing. I still like I do these interviews and stuff, and then I have to listen to my own voice. <laughs> like when I edit, yes. I don't think anybody likes hearing your own voice. You never quite get no, used you to don't. it. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Why do you sound like that? um uh how much um do you guys get to try any of the food i mean obviously like you get to taste stuff like in the challenges and stuff but like do you get to try each other's food or it was hard to try each other's food because we'll run out of time and we'll try our best um but uh it's it's not often but we try our best to try to try each other's food i feel like that yeah i feel like that would make it really difficult because then you you really are just focused on what you're doing but you you have nothing like you know you have no idea what anyone else made or like you haven't tried anyone else's food so you're just waiting to be judged without any real concept well, of what you're up against I just, we some of us like do run towards like the person that we're closest and we're like taste it does this taste okay and we'll do that like run back and forth like i have people ask me to taste their stuff and like um i'm like okay i'll taste it and then we'll taste theirs but like having a composed whole dish we were that was rare to have but tasting little parts of each other's dish, we were like, we were questioning something. Hey, taste this. Hey, taste that. And we did that a lot, uh, but not a whole composed dish. We never really were able to do that. Uh, what was it like having, uh, like you said, you watched some of the show, but you you stopped at some point. But um, like, so a lot of the judges this season are past contestants. Like, w- did that factor in for you? Like, did that affect like what it was like to be on the show or? Uh, I think it affected me as well. Like, I don't like people staring at me, so I get all nervous. So there's a lot more eyes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't play a big factor and like, oh, crap. <laughs> it's a lot of crap moments. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That Yeah, just pure numbers wise, there's more people every challenge. That... <laughs> and there's a lot more like, a, like more like judging on your like you can stand there and like there was like uh, before it was just Padma, Gail and Tom or a guest judge but sometimes there's two guest judges or sometimes there's five or six or there's a lot and you just stand there and you're just getting like all like all the opinions from everybody and you stand there for a while <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that, that's got to be the worst part right is just when you have to stand in front of everybody with everything I, I can't imagine that that's... it's hard and especially like if, if you're standing there nobody wanted to go into the judges table to tell you the truth it was like hard, even top or bottom because even if you're on the top you have to stand on the side and watch uh, like your friend get like beaten down as well and it was tough like you see my facial expression you see hard you're like <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's something oh. yeah they always kind of change it up how they you know do the top and the bottom this season it seems like they're doing they'll just say six names and so then you don't even know if you're the top or the bottom yeah. until you get in the room which yeah feels like di- like did you like did you feel like i'm in the top or i'm in the bottom or like did you i like, always felt like i was on the bottom <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm on the bottom. <laughs> Even the last episode, I was like, I'm on the bottom. <laughs> so literally, <laughs> like, until they say your name, you're just it's, convinced. Yeah. yeah and it's always a surprise. You're like, you really like me? <laughs> 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 but yeah, you don't know. It just sucks. And nobody wants, I was like, I want to be in the middle. I want to be in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be top or bottom. I just want to be in the middle. It does seem, um, especially early on, yeah, if you can just kind of hang out in that middle, it seems less stressful. <laughs> it is. You just want to be that Oreo cream. No, no. <laughs> want to be that crunchy part. Yeah. No, no. 
don't want to be punched out. <laughs> um, is this something like, did it change the way that you felt about competing? Like, is this something that you think you might want to do more of in the future? Or is this it? Like, you think once you're done with this, you're... I think I'm good to tell you the truth. Um, I, I know like people say that now and then they eventually go back. Um, uh, there were some moments when I did turn it around and use my anxiety to become more like a little nut. <laughs> <laughs> and I use it for like a positive competitive edge. But besides that, if I could channel that in all the time, maybe I would. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they can have you back as a judge in a later season so you can see the other side and you can kind of just taste people's food and, and have a less stressful. Do the judging part. Yeah, they that... asked me would I come back for being a judge and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that seems great. <laughs> that's different <laughs> and you can kind of see that in the show like i said with the the people that are coming back this year yeah where you can almost see different sides of their personalities too where they're they're way more relaxed and kind of they get to hang out and yeah that's yeah. gonna be way nicer so i hope for that for you <laughs> that you get <laughs> me too <laughs> um well is there anything i didn't ask about uh about the show or anything that you want to mention or your restaurant or no i think poor uh i think i'm good i don't know like um it's just uh it is. Uh, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> uh, well, I feel like we didn't talk enough about your. I don't even know if we said the name. So let's make sure that it's, so it's called the Black Sheep, right? It's in the Vegas. Yeah. And uh, do you want to tell people just maybe a little bit more about it? Like if they if they're okay. near Vegas or. Um, so uh, the Black Sheep is basically um, my take on my journey through like the cooking career and my experience in life. So it's not your traditional Vietnamese. It does have Vietnamese influence, like with French technique. I'm uh, trained in French uh, food and I use American ingredients. So it's basically, I always say it's me on a plate. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It's not, it's not anything that you'll find anywhere else. It's just basically what's in here goes <laughs> plop on the plate. <laughs> <laughs> No, that sounds great. And um, yeah, is there social media or how do people like, is there a way for people to follow you or? Yeah, um, you can follow us at blacksheetvegas.com or follow me on my own personal is Chef Jamie on Chef Jamie Tran on Instagram. Um, I don't know my other handles for YouTube. <laughs> Just that one. <laughs> all right. Well, then Instagram, Instagram, you can see the food. So that's the, the best yeah. one anyway. It's just all photos of food. So that's fantastic. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, With cool. the other ones, go look at Vegas, my Black Sheet Vegas. You'll find me somewhere there. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this. It was really nice to all talk right. to you. Thank you. All right. Appreciate I had it. Fun. Yeah. All right. Good. All right. Take care. All right, good luck. You. Yeah. Thank all right. you. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. There you go. There's my interview with Jamie Tran. Like I said, really delightful to talk to. Uh, you know, interesting to get her insight. Top Chef is airing right now on Bravo TV on Thursday nights. So make sure to check it out. Uh, also, if you enjoyed the interview, last year I actually talked to Stephanie Smar, who uh, was competing. She was a former contestant who came back for the All-Star season uh, so you can find that in the archives. There's also a lot of other stuff. Go to hobotrashcan.com. You can check out all of our previous interviews. Uh, but that's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, question everything. I hope you'd understand that's a fair way to It's too late to see you. Think I would
Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. In a world where people watch movies. I think I'm going to watch a movie. Sometimes they don't like what they see. I don't like this movie. But sometimes they look for the silver lining. Wait a second. I like this part of this movie. Joel and Andy do that work for you. The Silver Linings Playback. I like this part of this podcast where they tell me the part of the movie I like. Every Monday on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts.